On this episode of The Playbook, I have the extraordinary entrepreneur, Will Ahmed, the CEO of Whoop. And we're going to whoop it up here on The Playbook and learn about how counterintuitive strategies can perform in the long run. And speaking of performance, why Whoop has this vertical approach to health, performance, and wealth. Join me for all of this and more on The Playbook. This is Entrepreneur's The Playbook where each week I bring you some of the greatest athletes, celebrities, and entrepreneurs to talk about their personal and professional playbook to success and what made them champions on the field and in the boardroom. I'm your host, David Meltzer. This is Dave Meltzer with Entrepreneurs The Playbook, and I have the CEO of Whoop. That's right, Will Ahmed. He is an ultra entrepreneur. He has built this company to an unbelievable valuation with the biggest names in sports, great pro athletes, some of our heroes. Welcome to the playbook, Will. Dave, thanks for having me. You know, one of the biggest questions of entrepreneurs is how do I get a job in sports? But most of them want what I call one of the 32 jobs. They want to work for a team, a league, an organization, and they want to, and they don't know it. They they want to be stuck in a in a cycle of competitive business that doesn't pay very much because everybody wants those jobs. You and I have figured out how to have a career in sports, surround ourselves with the greatest celebrities, athletes, and entertainers. But there's one key distinction is not only do we get access to all the great things in sports, but we actually make money. And uh, I think that's a critical component in business, especially the multi-billion dollar business of sports. Yeah, look, I think you got to find your own path if you want to be within sports. In a lot of ways, I feel incredibly grateful for where Whoop is today because I feel like I've created my dream job. Uh, you know, we get to build incredibly powerful technology. We get to design that technology. We get to create an experience that's actually improving people's health. And at the same time, you know, one of the largest populations that wears Whoop is the best athletes in the world. So I've gotten to meet a lot of cool athletes and and trainers and really understand what makes them tick too. But beyond, you know, the big-eyed side of celebrities, athletes, and entertainers, you and I both share the social impact uh, in a great area, which is health. And I think wearables themselves have proven now over the years to be a key component to uh, maintenance and growth of our personal health, but you take a, a kind of contrarian approach uh, to how you find the best wearable and the best solutions for our health. What are some of the differences of the way that you look at this space and how you provide the best performance for the everyday person, not just the celebrity athlete or entertainer? Yeah, look, our mission at Whoop is to unlock human performance. So we believe every individual has an inner potential that you can tap into if you can better understand their bodies. And we've developed a vertically integrated system across hardware and software and analytics and membership services and community that's designed to help you improve your health. I mean, I think the single biggest differentiation between Whoop and other wearables is that we truly change behavior and we improve health. And if you look at someone who's been on Whoop for a year, and this isn't just the best athletes in the world, this is your everyday consumer. If you look at someone who's been on Whoop for a year, 
they're getting more sleep. The sleep is higher quality. Their resting heart rates are declining. Their heart rate variabilities are increasing. And more often than not, they've made some kind of lifestyle changes that are positive, maybe drinking less alcohol or introducing some new type of diet. And I think we're able to drive that kind of behavior change because the product in itself is designed to live a step ahead of you. So much of building Whoop came from my own experience as a college athlete, where I felt like I didn't know what I was doing to my body while I was training. So I was uh, playing squash while I was at Harvard, and I felt like I was overtraining almost every season. And you overtrain in part because your mind betrays you. It tells you that you can keep going, you can keep going, you can keep going, when actually there's certain things going on within your body that make that less desirable. And you'll, you'll often find with this with really driven executives and entrepreneurs and other people where they're, they're overdriving themselves in their professional lives, right? And they're just telling themselves, keep going, keep going, keep going. And, and so I got very interested in recovery. And if there was an insight that I had 10 years ago that was probably contrarian or unpopular at the time, right? Because I think all great businesses are built on so, you know, sort of like a, a contrarian idea that later ends up being true. And the version of that for Whoop was that we believed that sleep and recovery were going to be more important to performance than exercise. 10 years ago, everyone was talking about exercise. Uh, can you do a two a day? Can you do a three a day? How fit can you be? I want more analysis on video. I want more analysis on sweat. I want more analysis on uh, everything related to that, the performance or the exercise. And I realized I was overtraining in part because my other 20 hours of the day were crazy too, you know, and, and I didn't know what the hell I was doing during that period. And so I became very interested in physiology. I read something like 500 medical papers and I wrote a thesis around how to continuously understand the human body. And to tie it all back, that, that playbook was really about creating a 24 seven coach that could tell you what to do next. And I, so I think if you think about whoop today, that's where we're differentiated is that we're able to tell you what to do next. One of the things that I found as an entrepreneur, also being a college athlete myself, I know you're sitting there going, come on, what sport did you play? But no, I actually uh, was an average division three football player in case you were curious. Uh, but one <laughs> one, one of the things about being an athlete, at least you get physically tired. Uh, yeah. So there, there is an indicator uh, that, hey, you got to, you know, get some rest and, and you can get injuries, et cetera. But one of the things as an entrepreneur that I find, you know, in this balance that you've created and why Whoop, I think, is so important to an entrepreneur is that you may not always be physically tired, you, you know, because you may not be utilizing physical activity the way you should, which Whoop will help you with to say, hey, dummy, you know, you got to get some cardiovascular in. But what's so dangerous is, the energy that's expended um, has a cellular effect on you. It mentally has a, an emotional effect and that the sleep becomes really important. And a lot of entrepreneurs are sleep deprived, which then decreases their performance. And quantitatively, when we look for value in a product, if you're an entrepreneur, your goal is to be as productive, accessible, and gracious as possible, to have the highest peak at, at, attitude because that attitude to me is what I invest in in an entrepreneur like you. You know, what is it about Whoop that would help an entrepreneur that may not be getting the physical activity, may not be getting the sleep, you know, isn't considering themselves a high performance 
you know, person or even a, an average performance person. But I see Whoop as one of the most important things that I utilize as an entrepreneur to figure out the things that I'm not seeing that a lot of other entrepreneurs don't see either. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think the biggest thing that Whoop does is it tries to summarize your life in terms of strain and recovery. So, you know, strain being the, the sort of intensity of any period of time, or it could be activity, it could be work, it could be exercise, uh, and recovery being how prepared is your body for that strain, right? And what you ideally want is the more recovered your body is, the more strain you take on, and the less recovered your body is, the less strain you take on, which sounds super obvious, but if you don't measure strain and recovery, you can't really manage those things. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs, myself included, at various points have been all strain, no recovery. And that makes you an extremely ineffective leader, uh, first and foremost. And it it can also really inhibit your decision-making. And sleep plays a big role in all of this too, right? And to be able to really understand, are you getting enough sleep? Is it the right quality of sleep? That's probably the lowest hanging fruit for people listening to this. You know, if you ask the average entrepreneur who doesn't measure his sleep or her sleep, um, you know, how much sleep did you get last night or in general? They'll be like, yeah, I went to bed at 11, woke up at six. I got seven hours of sleep. It's like false. You spent seven hours in bed, right? Now, within that seven hours, you may have actually only gotten six hours and 20 minutes of quality sleep. And by the way, that would actually be a high efficiency. It could have been five hours of quality sleep. And let's just pretend it was 620. Within that 620, it was either light sleep, REM sleep, or slow wave sleep, right? And slow wave sleep and REM sleep are all the benefit. Like slow wave sleep is when you're getting 95% of your human growth hormone. So this idea that you're getting stronger in the gym or exercising, you're breaking muscles down then, right? You're actually getting stronger during slow wave sleep. So that's super important. REM, even more important, if you're an executive, a high-performing, high-functioning person, REM is when your brain is repairing itself. And so I'll look at data and I'll see someone who spent seven hours in bed, six hours and 20 minutes of sleep. Within six hours and 20 minutes of sleep, maybe they only got an hour of REM and slow wave. Wow. Now, compare that to someone who got five hours of REM and slow wave within that 620. And the amazing thing is I'm focused on the quality right now. I'm not even talking about the amount of time you dedicate to sleep. You know, I think entrepreneurs, executives, everyone, you're trying to maximize the amount of time that you have on this planet. And there's subtle things that you can change to actually become someone who's getting an hour of REM and slow wave sleep a night to four hours or five hours. And the the degree to which that can improve the quality of your life and the degree to which that can make you a, a better functioning entrepreneur, executive, fill in the blank person, right, uh, is unbelievable. And so that's why I think it's very short-sighted to not be measuring your sleep in particular, because it's about a third of your life and you can really optimize it. Yeah, no, and I actually even have a sleep coach on top of your product that I utilize because that's how much I feel sleep's important. You have some interesting philosophies that you know, I'm uh, synergistic to one is, you know, Lou Holtz had this great saying, it's not what I say, it's what they hear. And you have an interesting perspective of the difference of hearing and listening 
for me, listening, you know, there's three types of listeners. There's the interrupter that just interrupts you. There's the waiter, the guy that's not really listening to you. He's just waiting to interrupt you. And then there's the person that processes and listens and learns from what I say. Uh, how do you differentiate between hearing and, and listening? Well, when I was uh, when I was earlier in the journey of building Whoop, uh, hearing and listening to me were the same thing. And I would say I did very little of both. And, and, um, and there was a reason for this because, it, you know, I'm 22 years old, 23 years old, 24 years old, starting this company. I've raised, you know, millions of dollars by that point. I'm trying to build a team and everyone's still telling me I'm going to fail. And so it, it, you have to build up this sort of stubbornness to get out of bed in the morning because if you just listen to what everyone was telling you, Again, this was my point of view as a young 20-year-old building a company. If you listen to what everyone's telling you, it's so discouraging that it's hard to, you know, it feels like it's hard to move forward. And I think there's also an insecurity there, at least there was for me, where so much of your identity is tied up in what you're building that it's almost hard to differentiate from someone criticizing your business idea and them criticizing you. And so for those reasons, I built up kind of a brick wall, I think, to a lot of a lot of feedback in the early days. And in some ways that that helped us get to where it is today. But in other ways, it wasn't, it's not the best way to grow as a leader. And so what I learned over time is that you want to really try to hear and internalize uh, different forms of feedback, many of which may be negative or critical, uh, but you don't necessarily have to listen to that feedback. And so that's where I differentiate between hearing and listening. Hearing to me is making sure you're absorbing the information that's coming in, really understanding where people are coming from. Listening being, okay, I'm going to do the thing you just said or or action off of it. And and so that's how I differentiate the two. And And, you know, it's funny, as you get more successful and then more and more people start agreeing with you all the time, then you start actually getting excited when people disagree with you. So these things sort of are, these things are all on a, on a pendulum. Uh, But but I do feel fortunate to have lots of people in my life who, who are, you know, pushing the the boundaries and pushing my, uh, my own confidence and why I believe certain things. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, learned one valuable lesson through my journey as a young, successful entrepreneur like you is don't take yes for an answer because that'll be your next challenge, always having to hear yes and take that as an answer. Now, you have a lot of counterintuitive strategies, uh, which I love. We had talked about a few in what you do, but one that's really intriguing is, you know, a lot of people say your network is your net worth. And you had a quote once of saying, the hell with networking altogether. You know, what is your philosophy about networking? Well, look, I think it's I think it's phenomenal to meet people and I think it's phenomenal to learn from people. And I in general am a curious person, so I do like engaging all sorts of different types of people. I just think that networking for the sake of networking is a bit of a dead end. And where I've had the most impactful relationships with people um, have been in doing the work, where there's a real there's a real reason that, that you're engaging with someone. There's a question that you're pursuing or they're asking of you and you, you're working on something together. And I feel like there's an authenticity that comes with that. And then as a consequence, you know, you develop a relationship that, that then in turn makes, you know, someone part of your network. Uh, the example I'll give is, you know, many entrepreneurs, founders come to me today and they say, you know, what was your strategy for raising capital from professional athletes? Today, Whoop has 
a bunch of professional athletes as investors. And I tell them or to think about that a little bit differently. I ask them to say, well, what product or service are you building that's going to benefit a professional athlete? Because if you nail that piece of the equation, the, the athlete as the investor comes very naturally. You know, I didn't, um, I didn't say I want to befriend Rory McIlroy or Justin Thomas or Kevin Durant, but they actually became friends because they started using the product that, that, you know, we developed at Whoop. And then there was sort of a natural thing there. And, you know, and then, of course, because you become friends over this one thing, you then engage on other topics. So that's, that's how I think about it, which is, to, again, to focus on, on the, the work and the task and then interesting, fascinating people drift into your life which has been a blessing of mine here on the playbook as I get to the last question, because you have to rank up there. I know you're a 30 under 30, a 40 under 40. Of course, you went to school in Boston like my little brother, but I appreciate that you had the humility to say I actually went to Harvard. I really, my biggest problem with Harvard guys when like, I went to school in Boston. I'm like, can you just say you went to Harvard? That's a great <laughs> achievement. So congratulations. But, you know, thriving in life is one of my missions to empower people, to empower others to be happy. Whoop is one of those companies that are definitely aligned or synergistic to my main mission in, in life, which is truly happiness. And you talk about that vertical approach that you take. What is your philosophy or mantra about thriving or being happy or empowering others to be happy? Do you have some, you know, go-to that you use to, to thrive or be happy? Well, a lot of things immediately come to mind, but I think that the things that I've realized I enjoy the most about building Whoop are related to uh, the product and the people. And with the product the thing that makes me the ha the ha absolute happiest is hearing from Whoop members who say that Whoop in one way or another has changed their life. You know, a Navy SEAL using Whoop to overcome PTSD, uh, uh, you know, uh, an executive who lost 60 pounds using the product, uh, someone with sleep apnea who figured out how to improve their sleep. You know, these are the, these are the stories that for me um, really resonate. And so I think part of success for me is feeling like I'm, I'm, delivering products and services that are improving people's lives. And then I think on, on the people side, like I feel incredibly grateful that I've gotten to build a team now of over 330 people and incredibly brilliant people. And to get to see people's careers advance while it whoop, you know, and to see them grow and to be able to give people promotions and raises, like, and you see the, just the, um, the excitement and fulfillment that someone gets from working really hard and then, you know, getting, getting the, the recognition that they deserve. And so for me, I would say those are the two things that professionally at least feel really gratifying. Oh yeah. I get that. And I'm aligned it completely. I will give you one more testimonial too. So whoop has uh, made one entrepreneur. That's me millions of dollars, which made millions of people happy. And I've had a ton of fun. So I appreciate your approach to health and fitness and sleep especially. So thank you so much. This is Dave Meltzer with Will Ahmed, the founder and CEO of Whoop. You got to check him out here on Entrepreneurs, The Playbook. Well, I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of The Playbook as much as me. On a personal note, I just wanted to thank everyone for making The Playbook such a success. Don't forget to continue it by sharing, subscribing, and listening to your favorite episodes. This is Dave Meltzer with The Playbook.